Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. was coming from i'm like hold on i'm trying to figure it out we had a little bit of an echo there you couldn't hear but i could hear it nevertheless ah we are alive joseph what's happening i'm excited we've got more good games this weekend but it feels a little weird because i don't know how we're gonna top the matchups we had last weekend nonetheless the drama that ensued after those said matchups but still it's an important week Especially one game in particular. Well, it is. So let me let me say this. I don't. I'm not going to say it's more important than last week, but but two teams could clinch the West, or, or LSU could clinch the West today, and Ole Miss uh, and and Georgia can clinch the East today. So it is a very monumental weekend. There's a lot going on. A lot of bad weather. You know, Joe, us people in the South, we don't deal with snow or cold well. Look, I we so it's going to be interesting to find out how this weekend goes. Does Is it ten- snowing down there? It's snowing in Arkansas. Oh, my God. The last time it snowed in Louisiana, we shut down schools and governments for weeks. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, I'm sure you're used to the snow at this point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was brutal in the northeast it, but like it's you know if you got six inches on the ground you're you're just powering through it that's like what she said one. i knew it was just waiting for that <laughs> I, I mean i mean so look i i don't know i i now i understand why our good friends over at bed online put the lines the way that they do okay like is the over really low well it dropped like four points this morning like Pooh, I'll, I'll I'll have to ask Pooh Bear. He's he's our gambler. But I saw it on like Thursday or Wednesday, and it was at sixty four. I just checked Bet Online this morning; it was at sixty and a half. So regardless, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean that scene that that's still enticing. Four points is a lot. Now I, we'd have to ask Pooh Bear that. I think he just gave us a stat. Um, 
we'll have to find it out. But, I mean, he's the one that, that keeps it up there for me. I got to give a shout-out to Brandon Graziano again, saving the AYS beard set, you know, channeling the inner <laughs> AYS fan club for not me having to shave the beard. He will forever be known as the AYS Hall of Famer. I'm just letting <laughs> it be known. Brandon Graziano can say whatever he wants. He's going to get away for a lot. Uh, let's get to a couple comments, though, Joe, before we get started, that's all right, because yep. we got a lot of them firing in. Doug Ray says, congrats on the big win last week. Joe? is See, I don't – what I don't know is, is this a congrats on the Notre Dame win or is this rubbing in the fact that I predicted LSU to get blown out and it's a congrats on the win, ha-ha. <laughs> Either way, okay, thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of great – I mean, look – Let's let's call it what it is. I mean, we talk a lot of SEC here, really all SEC here. Clemson got beat down last week by Notre Dame. I mean, also, DJ Ugalale, time to bench him. It, it's over. Time to bench him. Yeah, and the crazy thing with them is that they're a one-loss team, But and I get eviscerated for saying this. Their, their season's kind of over. Like, they're going to win the ACC, but – they're a team that should be in the national championship conversation every single year. And a, and a loss to a three-loss team like that is embarrassing. It's terrible. They shouldn't be able to move up in the rankings. They should be stuck where they are. And I, it pisses me off that they put them at 10 or where it's like 10 or it's somewhere around that range. I forget off the top of my head. For them to be placed there still gives them a path. And that's what the annoying part is. If they beat UNC in the ACC championship game and they end up getting that that track to get there, they could somehow backdoor sneak their way into that four spot. I don't think they can get here. Here's why. I'm going to make a bold prediction here. And we're look, because we got, at this point, Joe, we got to continue to talk the playoff. Mm -hmm. Bottom line is, bottom line, I still think LSU beats beats Clemson. I still think that there are teams in the, in the Big Ten. Like, there's not, like... You know, you you look at Illinois. I, I honestly don't know if Illinois couldn't beat Clemson the way. Like, are you going to tell me two lost Illinois couldn't keep keep it at least keep it close with Clemson? But here's the thing that I thought last night. Yes. Tell me that the that the Pac-12, as much as we make fun of the Pac-12, tell me they're they're not an an argument. They're the third best conference in the country. I think the Pac-12. Because, listen, you have USC, Oregon, UCLA, Washington, Washington State, Oregon State. They got some teams now. The Pac-12's playing a little bit, brother. I'm just letting you know. Are you ready for a hotter take? They might actually be the second-best conference. I wasn't going to go there. I wasn't going to go there because I still think the Big Ten reigns supreme over them. The only reason why I'm willing to concede that, and I, I know everyone's probably going to hate that take, if you look at the Big Ten, the way that it's structured, it's Ohio State, Michigan, and then you've got like this kind of massive like Penn State, Illinois, and it just starts to get weaker and weaker. Agreed. But here we are with four teams in the Pac-12. That could, that really, could legitimately make, cause some damage. Yeah, and they're all very balanced teams for the most part. I don't think USC is very balanced. They're all relatively balanced, and you put them in the playoff as the four team. Like they could come and stun somebody. It's it's possible. I don't think they compete necessarily with Georgia, but they're capable enough to compete with some of these other teams. The way that they're built defensively, with the athletes that they have on offense, I think it's worth the discussion because the the Big Ten after you move past Ohio State and Michigan, it starts to get weaker. 
Now, Ohio State and Michigan are really freaking good. Yeah, they're far supreme. The, far supreme. And that's what, what they're kind of leaning on right now, and that's what's keeping them afloat as the second-best conference in college football. I agree with that statement. All right, we have Van Bennett who's asking you a question here. It says, so it's cold. I wonder if a coach who spent his entire career in the Midwest has any idea how to prepare his team for cold weather. Joe, let me ask you this. Um, how do you prepare for it? I've never played in the snow game ever. I, I guess, you know, I, my question would be, how much more difficult is it to snap a football? I, I mean, break us through, and then we'll start getting started in this SEC. But it's not just cold in Arkansas. Look, I mean – it's cold all across the Southeast, and we don't deal with this a lot, and we obviously cover the Southeast on this show. How do you prepare for it? Right. The The funny thing with playing in the Northeast is you almost don't change your preparation because, like, on a week-to-week basis, you're you're used to it. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's about getting everybody conditioned to playing in those, you know, in those specific cold, wet, potentially rainy, snowy conditions. So you can't be – shortening practice you can't be trying to keep your guys fresh and in in trying to conserve them and getting them out of those conditions you need to put them out there for even longer and, and if talking about having to snap in those conditions having to throw in those conditions i would argue it's actually kind of harder when there's snow on the ground even if it's not snowing and it's really cold out because your hands when they're tight and you can't grip Agreed. the football it's really freaking hard the big difference that we've had in games and the coldest freaking game that i ever played and we traveled to maine to play at Maine. There's the Black the Bears, right? They're the Black yeah. Bears. Horrible, horrible conditions to play a game. Terrible. The, the field was a rock. Uh, it was, I, I think it was below freezing. It was below zero. It was really freaking cold. Wow. And the way that you kind of prepare for that is you have to have heaters on the sideline. Like that's the most important thing. You need to have extra layers for guys. You got to get as many hand warmers as possible. Go overboard. You can't let guys get cold. Like that's the big thing. If guys start to get cold and they start getting getting tight and stiff and you know they're they're trying to jump up and down to stay warm you're kind of screwed like cold conditions are not easy to play in. it's it's one of the hardest things to play in find ways to keep everybody warm hand warmers heaters whatever it is whatever it takes uh you know do whatever you can to keep everybody warm you know today you find out who the psychopaths are because you'll find out the guys that don't wear sleeves like that guy's yes. a psychopath right like Shout out to one of my former teammates and co-hosts in college, uh, Jake Fire. Uh, that main game where his last was name like, is Fire. Yeah, the irony okay. Of we'll it. just was, mark it up. To I mean, is his la- is his last name Targaryen? I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, with a name well, like guess, that. Guess what position he played? You could probably guess what position. I'd probably say center. No, he was a linebacker. He was he was the oh, tiniest yeah, like, linebacker, Did, a five foot eight Mike linebacker, and I think he was like what he's got like one of the top. Uh, tackle totals in the country for FCS right now, um, but total nut job. No sleeves, no gloves, no nothing in that game. Uh, I don't know this man, but he sounds like a like a dummy. You uh, know, like uh, so. He's not a dummy. He's just nuts. Well, <laughs> few and far between. All right, let's talk about the SEC. Look, Joe, if you want to do this, we'll get to our first break since we you know we got a little minute. Let's keep doing that. Let's get to our first break as soon as we get to our first guest. So we do have a massive show here today for you guys. Obviously, we'll do an intro. We'll talk about who can clinch today. But we have former Ole Miss wide receiver Mike Espy is going to be joining us uh, at 930. And Porter Hayes with the Hog Talk is going to be joining us at 10 a.m. So a massive show. But, but, 
Before we get started, everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Look, there's so many of you on Facebook. Y'all dominated the share button on our on our show earlier this week. Hit the like button, hit the share, share to all of those social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, do us a favor, either Hack City, Believe, or AYS, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. We greatly appreciate you doing that. And, Joe, we got some good news. If you're listening to us wherever you listen to podcasts, tune in radio, XM radio, ah. rate, review, subscribe. I, I don't I don't know how to put this. <laughs> but we're kind of a big deal. And shout out to our good friends. Last night, we uh, I listened to the stadium, and your boy went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs in his slot after LSU took down Alabama. I don't remember I, I don't remember that or what I said, but it's funny to recap uh, that happening. So I, I by the way, before we take us to break, um, no, we're not going to go to the break until nine thirty. Uh, but go ahead. I had to help with that edit. There were a lot of expletives I had to remove from your statements in that particular said clip that you're referencing but i'm glad that you watched it that's the whole whole point of doing it is that we want to showcase the network and the way that you reacted is the perfect perfect example of what we want our hosts to do so i'm glad that you watched it that really that means a lot to me and i know it's going to mean a lot to the the charity stripe guys when they wake up from their hangovers that they're probably enduring right now but uh, i'm going to tell them that you watched it um so listen, I would like to take this time to apologize for absolutely <laughs> nothing. The SEC West champs do it. Look, listen, I was laughing every time that I knew that I was about to say a curse word. I was like, oh my God. Like this, I mean, did you, I was like, at one point I was like, all right, do you, are you going to even hear anything that I'm going to say here? And then it got a little bit better. So look, yeah. it's fun. All right, let's get to some of these games. Look, Joe, the biggest game of the day on paper is Alabama and Ole Miss. Now, we'll talk about this game a lot, but I want us to get to it first. Look, Ole Miss holds their their, their destiny in their own hands, too. Like, their season is not over. A lot of people have said, Joe, that Alabama, and you included, the dynasty is over. Well, when you said that, Big Daddy went and did some history and, and looked some things up. Did you know that every third season after a national title for Nick Saban, it looks a lot like this. Okay, we've been here three separate times. 2013, 2009, we've been here, we were here relatively in 2019 when they had two losses. We're here again with Nick Saban. I'm going to make a bold prediction. Alabama's going to win out and LSU's going to clinch the West if they beat Arkansas. I think Nick's pissed off. And I still think that they're a young team. And I told you this last week. They got to get back to run. I told you this week. They got to get back to running the football. I think this is a tough game for Ole Miss. The game is in Oxford, so it's going to be really cold too. Joe, I'm taking Bama by 14. I, I, I just see them winning unless barring something bad happens. But Ole Miss, like I feel like this could be a little bit of a shootout which gives Ole Miss a little bit of a of an edge to keep it close. But I still think Bama, Bama wins this game massively. I, I got to be completely honest, and I usually sit very defiantly behind my, my takes on games. And I, I spent the whole week trying to figure out who I think is going to win this football game. And this is the only time this season that I'm sitting here saying I legitimately am not totally sure 
who's going to win. Because every time I do the do the, the do this breakdown, I start making the argument for Alabama, and then as I'm doing the, making that argument for Alabama, I start concocting one for Old Miss, and then it keeps just going back and forth, back and forth. The way that I see, there's two ways that I see this playing out, like you're talking about. Nick Saban's pissed. Um, he's invigorated. He is also annoyed by Lane Kiffin's trolling, and we know that the bad blood between them. And he's going to use this not only as an opportunity to, one, get his team back on track, but also to embarrass a guy that he does not like. And like you're talking about, cover those 14 points is the way that you do it. But the opposite end of this, and the reason why I like this outcome prevents me from committing fully to what your side is, even though I lean that side, is that this Alabama team is is so much weaker than we've ever seen it. And I know that you're talking about how every three years it's it's different, but this is the weakest I have ever seen Alabama. It feels very off. They have a lot of issues, a lot of scheme issues. Their offensive line is not playing very well. They're very easily pressured right now, which is a problem. And Bryce has no options. He looks confused at times because he's got nobody to throw the ball to if they're unwilling to lean on the run game, as you mentioned. If that is the case here in this game, I think this is a game where Old Miss, with their two backs, Zach Evans and Quin- Quinchon Judkins, can just take over the time of possession, can really grind it out a lot. Similar to what LSU did, they ran all over them. The only thing that makes me a little bit unwilling to commit to that is Jackson Dart has some issues and he's inconsistent. He's not a takeover a game type player like Jaden Daniels. So if he plays really well, that might be the key. Do you see where I'm coming from, though? It's 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 hard for me to to pick an argument because I think there's really compelling reasoning for both of them. Tennessee and LSU have better lines of scrimmage than Ole Miss, right? That's where well, that's where Alabama got beat. They got beat in the trenches, which, quite honestly, I never thought I was going to say for a Nick Saban coach team. LSU and Tennessee just have better dudes up front. You know who doesn't? Ole Miss. That front seven for Ole Miss, Joe, I don't mean this in the wrong way. You can carve up like sliced, like Swiss cheese. I, I mean, yeah. you can just carve them up. I think this is what I think is going to happen. I think that Nick Saban went to Bill O'Brien and said, listen, Billy, do you want to be fired at the end of the year? And he probably said yes. But regardless – Give the run the football. I this is my prediction for this game. I think Gibbs is going to go off. Like I, I fully believe that Gibbs is going to go off. I don't think. Here's my thing with Nick. Nick is the absolute best. Like not not mid tier. Like the absolute best. Nick makes really good adjustments, especially yeah. week to week. Okay. But they didn't do that against LSU. Yeah, they, they did. Make- yeah, they did. So what they did, what they did in the second half, yeah. offensively, Joe, they had six. They had well, three points. They ended sorry, the game they, with they 31. They did make an adjustment. They did make an adjustment, but it felt like it, like it only helped them slightly. Like those Nick Saban adjustments that you're talking about, I totally agree. It usually completely flips games when when they're struggling. I, I feel like it just kind of. Gave him a little bit of enough of a boost to hang in there, and then obviously they ended up losing. Do you, but my question would be, though, but here's the thing. I think they make a big enough of adjustment today in running the football. I don't think Bryce is going to throw the ball over 40 times. I, I really shouldn't. don't. I, I really don't. And right, nor should he. Um, let me ask you this, though. If Lane does take down Saban, then what? Like, if it does happen today... 
like how big of a like how massive of a uh like I don't I can't believe I'm about to say this because they should never do it. Nick Saban should be able to lose every game of the season for the next three seasons before Alabama fires him for the success that they've had. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be knock. They're gonna be some fans knocking on his door saying he, he's done, like he's over. Like Alabama fans, in my opinion, would do that. Like they're doing it already. Yeah, the Alabama fans are some of the craziest in the sport of football and, and sports in general. So those arguments are going to be made. If the rational fan is talking, they're probably not going to want him fired. But that debate that I brought up on the show and that I brought up on my show as well of is the dynasty over? Should Nick retire somewhat gracefully? Um, I think that if you lose to Old Miss and you lose to a guy that is technically like an arch enemy in a way, uh, if that happens, yeah, you got to retire soon, man. It's I'm not saying he's like done, he's cooked, but next season would be the time for him to to hang it up at the end of next season. Like Duke, Duke kind of had that ascension too with with uh, Coach Chesky. K. Like yeah, th- like that's that's the comparison that I draw. They're very similar in terms of how long they've been around the game and and the accomplishments they have they've had. And Duke never really fully lost it, but they weren't the same team that they were. He was starting to get old, didn't have the same control and the same coaching prowess that he did in the past. I think next year, if, if you lose this old Miss game, it's the it's the farewell tour. Like let, that's that's what needs to happen. Let, let me say this last thing on this game, then we'll move to uh, Arkansas, LSU, or wherever you want to move. We'll move to wherever you want to move to. We do need to get to this coaching search at Auburn too. By the way, yes. don't yes. For, don't let me forget. Let me say this: pettiness gets you beat. I've said this on AYS from episode one to now that we're closing in episode 600. Pettiness will get you beat. La- yesterday, Lane Kiffin went on with uh, Paul Feinbaum and said that he was sending articles to Nick all week about how his dynasty's over. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you hey, something. Wait, he Yes, <laughs> he yes. Hilarious. No, it's not. No, it's not. Let me tell you uh, why. Piss Nick Saban off, see what happens. Right. Look, LSU fans, fans in general can get pissed off at me for saying this. Piss him off, I dare you. Let me Is They that, will hang 55 on his Rudy Pooh ass. They will hang 50. Okay. Wait, is 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 his are there is their relationship mended? Like is no, he just I purely think, doing that out of like, is, do we think Saban's responding? The oh, no, he said, he, say, he said Saban didn't respond. He said he would never respond. Here's the thing, though, and this is just me. Not only did he send the Paul Feinbaum uh, 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 piece to Nick, not only did he text it to Nick, he texted it to his wife, too. To Nick's wife. He texted it to Miss Terry. Oh, my God, that's so disrespectful. Oh, my God, I didn't know that he did that. <laughs> Pettiness well, this- gets you beat. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Yes. Let Nick walk in that locker room and say he's taking shots at my wife. Let him do that. They let me, t- brother. I think we got a, a cheat clapping a Bruin because I, I, I man, agree with you. But at the same time, like you don't think like overly pissed off Nick is a bad thing. No, no. Uh uh-uh. uh. There's, there's there's too pissed off. There's a such thing as being too pissed off. Yeah. Let okay. True. And I true and I agree. However, he sent that he sent that to his wife now. Now let me tell you something. 
and I and I know this about Miss Terry. Like I if I I know this about Miss Terry. She'll walk in that locker room this week. She'll make a special appearance. She'll bake some cookies. She'll do something, and, and Nick will allow her to do it. And she'll walk in that locker room. I, I've seen it at LSU. I've heard stories. I've had it on my podcast of people talking about these kinds of things. She'll walk in. Like J- Josh Booty talked about like him hearing the stories. She'll walk in that locker room, and she'll say, you know, Coach Saban uh, I won't tell you all this, but Mr. Kiffin – Coach Kiffin sent me some really derogatory things this week. And if there's anybody on that, on, remotely connected to the staff, that mm. I promise you, as I know somebody, I'm very close with somebody on that on the Alabama staff. Like, wedding, family, you know, like really close. She will push their buttons better than Nick ever could. Because during the offseason, when they go to that little lake house and they're hanging out, Miss Terry is the mother of that team. And I pro- and, and look, LSU fans will rip me alive for this. Why I I'm just going to leave you leave you a little nugget. She's pissed off. And I promise you she's texting guys like Will Anderson, Bryce Young, "Hey, listen. This man literally just sent me a text saying that my my husband might be done." Look, I I've been in the South too long. I've been around Nick Saban too long. I just, I just don't buy. Like to get your popcorn ready, Joe. Like Lane doing that. I mean, I'm telling you. I know, I know we're spending a lot of time on this, but no, it's 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 important though. This is the weirdest circumstance for a game. There is so much drama that is connected to the two of them, and there's some stuff that, like, I mean, I even brought it up on my show that the 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 things that people think are have happened behind closed doors with with Kiffin and Saban like there is so much messiness that comes into play with with both of these guys I will say though that as pissed off as Saban probably isn't as pissed off as Alabama is I give Lane a shit ton of credit because that is an a a one troll job I don't think I don't think any coach in the country has the balls to do that and then also publicly to tweet out a picture of his book and then also quote tweet it with, uh, with the, the defense, with the defensive, well, with the defensive play calls underneath the book. Did you know I, that? Did you? I got to give him credit, man. Did you know that? You you know that underneath underneath Saban's book was the defensive play calls. I got that confirmed. So go back and look underneath the book is Nick Saban's defensive play sheets. Go back and look at it. Let's see. I'm telling you. But you you know what you know what makes me think about this show transitioning here? Yes. You know who's crazy? You know, we talk about how crazy Nick Saban is. I mean, our Lane is and doing this to Nick. Boy, it sounds really good about a coach at, uh, at Auburn who would do something like that, doesn't it? So so that's a really good point. That was like what was popping up in the back of my head. It's like, is this laying the groundwork for what is going to be an even more heated rivalry once he go, when if he ends up going to Auburn? Like, I'm sure that he, you know, he's he's thinking about it. I'm sure that he's trying to set up, uh, you know, a potential bigger battle than it it really was originally. Um, but no, it does seem like something that you would do if you were the coach at Auburn. Absolutely. Okay, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Let's end it with that one. We'll we'll do that. All right, LSU, Arkansas, Vandy, Kentucky, Bama, Ole Miss. We talked about that. South Carolina, Florida, UGA, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Auburn. What other games are you watching outside of LSU? We'll get to that 
later on tonight today too. What other games are you looking at? Uh, we're talking SEC or just in general? Yeah, we're talking SEC, and maybe I mean you can you can talk some about some other ones, but in the SEC first, is there any other games that you're looking at? Admittedly, outside of those two games, the slate does kind of dwindle a little bit. I'm paying attention to Georgia and what what they're going to be doing against Mississippi State. Um, did you know that by the really random with that with that matchup? Did you know that they've only played each other 25 times? I didn't know that they have that that rivalry or not rivalry. It's not a rivalry. That, that matchup, game. rather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that matchup, that game. Despite being in the SEC, they've only played each other 25 times. That's the most bizarre circumstance. You think that they would have played each other more? Well, even even to the point where did you know that like until 2019 that Oklahoma had never played in the state of Georgia ever. Like there are some really weird things yeah. that you know that that happens. Joe, let me say this. It's a big reason why a lot of SEC fans want to go to nine or, or either go to nine uh, uh, um, conference games or blow up the divisions because LSU had not been to Kentucky. I, I think Pooh Bear Zach helped me out, out here. I think that the last time like LSU went to Kentucky was 2007 when they went there last year. Like that's too long of a time to be not going to one of your uh, – a team in your school's – home field. I'm going to say this. I, I want to see Georgia respond. I want to see if Mike, look, here's the thing. I don't think Georgia's going to lose. What I do think is that if there is somebody that can find a, 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 a hole in this defense, I think it could be Leach. Like I think Leach is that good. Those are the kind of things that I look for. What about you? Yeah, I, I was thinking about that as well. And that's why I'm paying attention to this game. It's highly unrealistic that Georgia doesn't continue to roll. And I've spoken very adamantly about the fact that Georgia felt like they were kind of holding back early on in the season. And now they're in peak national championship mode. And there's no stopping them from rolling from here on out. That's why they're probably going to easily and handedly win. But if there is a goofy coach with a high offensive prowess, that could maybe cook something up, it's Mike Leach. Like, I could totally – again, we talked about this um, last week about how if you get into a shootout with Tennessee, that's what you can't have happen. Georgia's not built necessarily built for a shootout. That's what you got to do if you're Mississippi State. Like, you got to be just taking shots left and right and just trying to get the ball out as quickly as you possibly can. They need to go deep. They need to get as many quick touchdowns as possible because other, other than that, they're – they're not Tennessee. They can't grind the ball out. They can't really run the ball as effectively. Um, that, to me, is what it would take for Mississippi State to potentially pull off that upset. You got. You can't go sideline to sideline against Georgia. They're too fast. They're way too fast. You got to hit them in the middle of the field. Okay, you got to attack the middle of the field. I said this this week about how LSU. So listen, Joe. I because because I'm anticipating LSU to possibly run the table. I spent a lot of time on Georgia's defense this week, just watching the games. You got to be a, and I think Mike Leach is perfect in doing this. Mike Leach has no, does not care whatsoever. Does not care whatsoever. He'll throw the ball 65 times. You got to dink and dunk down the field to score. Okay. This is an interesting matchup. This is a very interesting matchup. I still think George is going to win by 14 to 21 points. Like I'm not, but again, you got to find me the formula that wins. Okay. I think that if you remember in 2018 
went out, or, out Oklahoma came all the way back on Alabama in the playoff game. Like they they were down. They it, but they found something and it worked. Clemson came back in the national championship game and ran those same plays. Find yeah. me what works against this type of defense. In my personal opinion, you got to be patient. You just got to get yardage. If you get four or five plays, five, six, seven, five, six, seven, five, six, seven, you're going to get in the red zone. You're going to hold on the ball for a long time. You're going to make that game closer than what it needs to be. Another thing, too, I, I, I'm really interested to find out how Stetson responds because, you know, he's been up and down all season long. He's been up and down. Yeah. I want to see him respond because, because Mississippi State still held Alabama to six rushing yards or four rushing yards a couple of weeks ago. What happens with Stetson if that running game can't get going? That's going to be really interesting to me, too. Right. And Stetson, to your point, is not the quarterback that you want to be volatile up and down. He's not the type of guy. He's somebody that you want to be very even keel and setting up your offense for uh, consistent success. Like, this isn't Hendon Hooker. This isn't Bryce Young. This isn't Jaden Daniels where you want them to be that emotional leader. Like, I think Stetson's great, and he can definitely be that guy. But at the, the same time, I don't want him getting too high after last game and then showing up in this game thinking, you know, his, his shit doesn't stink and then getting too ahead of himself. Because if he gets too risky with his decision-making, he's not that type of guy that can pull himself out of it. That's my point exactly. That's my point exactly. All right, we're going to make a little transition here. Me and Joe are going to continue to go on here. Uh, Joe, let's go ahead and get to our first break here, okay? Yep. Uh, because we were supposed to have a guest, but it looked like he's having some difficulties. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag and our good friends over at GMVarnoandSons, GMVarnoandSons.com. Guys, we return in one minute. Talk some more SEC. Next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures head on over to bet online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet use our promo code believe 50 that's believe 50 b-l-e-a-v five zero to receive your 50 percent off welcome bonus on your first deposit that's betonline.ag betonline.ag with over 65 years of experience nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM, Vardo, and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM, Vardo, and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9902. Tell me good friend, Blake Rafino. Sit you on by. All right. So Pooh Bear, I'm assuming Pooh Bear just sent this. Okay. There is an injury update per Andrew Hutchinson saying that the Razorbacks have arrived at the stadium. Don't know if this means anything, but KJ Jefferson was on the bus with the starters and Malik Hornsby was on the uh second bus. I I, I gotta be honest. Um 
I got to be honest, Joe, this means nothing to me. So let me let me give an example here. Like mm. when I tore my ACL, okay, or retour, I was still always on the first bus. And, and the guy that was starting behind me was on the second bus. It You don't change. So for an ex- as an example, a lot of times you don't change things. Meaning the quarterback's coach would probably go to the second bus. Like can, the, the question would be, where, what bus was Kendall Browse on? Okay, like if Kendall Browse was with Hornsby, okay, then I'd say, all right, well, then he's starting. But if he was with KJ, then, you know, okay. I don't know if it's a lot to break into it, but I think Pooh Bear makes a good point here. It is something to monitor. Now, if we're going to go to the LSU-Arkansas game, Joe, here, KJ Jefferson's a little bit banged up. Now, I will say this on LSU's behalf that I think is a little bit into their favor. It's kind of a good thing it did snow if KJ Jefferson's going to play or not because, like you mentioned earlier, if he falls on that shoulder and the ground is hard as a rock, pause, then, (laughs) I I mean, you – Look, now, in all seriousness, that will hurt him more than it will help him. I, I I don't know here. A lot of people are saying LSU is about to get upset. I, I don't know. And look, I don't know how to feel about this game. This game, And like I told you last week, Alabama, Alabama LSU is always close. So is LSU Arkansas. Mm. And so am I going to say that LSU is going to lose? No. But to our, to our producers this morning – I told Pooh Bear and Zach, I was like, guys, I don't like this. Like, I, 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 like, I, I'm getting a little nervous here. Okay, just, just for whatever reason, I don't like it, brother. I don't like it. As an observer who doesn't have a dog in the fight, in you the have a dog in the fight. Don't you lie to me? You want Brian uh, Kelly to lose every single I, game? No, stop, stop. I have, I've been an indoctrinated LSU fan. I will say that much. I have been rooting for y'all since I've, I've started. This doing man this just show. said y'all, y'all. <laughs> I, I wait, wait, wait. I say y'all all the time. I, y'all. You, it, it's northeasterners say y'all, but it. it I don't. I don't get that. My. I have people who make fun of me for for saying y'all. It's. It's not exclusively a southern thing. It's not just a. It's definitely not a West Coast thing. I will say that for. Sure. Okay. Okay. Continue. 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 As somebody who doesn't necessarily have a rooting interest in this particular matchup, I don't really get the people who are buying into this hype that Arkansas is going to upset them. There's. There's no supporting evidence. I know what you're talking about. It's. It's a big rivalry game. Uh, it's a game where if, if a battered Arkansas team is just going to come out of nowhere and ascend, it makes sense because of the bad blood between these two teams. But at the same time, they are not the same Arkansas team that we saw at the beginning of the year. They are eviscerated by injuries. That's why they've been unsuccessful. As That's why they're having so much trouble is that they've been killed with the amount of injuries that they've dealt with. I don't think that LSU is going to blow past them. The snow is definitely going to be a significant factor especially like you're telling me LSU guys are not going to be used to that snow, but at the same time, LSU is going to win this football game. There's no reason that they shouldn't win this football game. KJ is a really important part of this offensive success. Agreed. And I am very reluctant to put any stock in their offense without him. I love rocket Sanders, man. Like this could be a really big game for him, but if you can't pick up those third and medium or third and long type plays, because you don't have KJ who's, usually a, a slam dunk in those circumstances, it's going to be a long afternoon. It's going to be a really, really long afternoon. Schematically, it bodes well Arkansas's offense versus LSU's defense because, look, LSU ran a 4-3 the entire game against Alabama because Harold Perkins was on the field. 
Now, Joe, I, I'm very limited, and I be I, 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 I stay very cautious behind talking a lot of individual players at LSU, and you know that. I think we've talked about that. But look, man, if Harold Perkins goes out there again today and has a game like he did last week against another really good quarterback, brother, he's not a freshman All-American anymore. you got to put him in the All-American conversation. Absolutely. I, I do think schematically it works well. Now, during the break when I was texting, um, I did talk to a coach on staff who told me that the snow's pretty much all off the field. And apparently they're doing things on this artificial turf to warm the turf up. Now, I played on turf my entire career. There are things you can do to warm it up a little bit. It's still going to be cold. But if it if it is the fact that you can warm it up a little bit, it does help both teams out. Because, look, both teams got to play on this. Okay, mm -hmm. so so we'll see here. Here's Here is one thing that I talked about, too, as a key to victory for either, either team. I think this is going to be a slugfest up front. Whatever team runs for the most yardage this week – is going to win. I think that's going to be LSU, and they're going to get there. But look, we'll see. So you're you're saying let me and let me ask you this: as someone who covered Brian Kelly, when t when they come up with a big upset or a bigger win than they're supposed to, do they normally perform at the same type of level the following week, or is it usually a letdown the following week? It's a it's. I would love to actually like sit and check those types of games, but from my past experiences and my trauma I can probably think of a number of instances where it was a little bit of a letdown the following week like that Brian Kelly very much I have talked about uh, ad nauseum on this show how he sometimes is not the best at preparing his team and he typically has this tendency to not properly prepare his team after a big win but I will say this there's less stock in me making that, that statement about him not properly preparing his team because he proved me wrong last with week. the game against mm -hmm. against Alabama. Like that throws all, all the previous years of me watching <clears throat> them be inconsistent at Notre Dame. It goes out, out the window because he's never done that before. He's absolutely never done that before. I think that this team is invigorated and they're they're rallying around each other. They are they have the right tone in the in the trajectory. I have never seen this type of a vibe around a Notre Dame program. Like, they've never had this type of energy, this kind of juice. Because they, they're playing crappy ACC teams. But it's a big I, deal. I don't I, think, I'm not worried about it. Look, he's made a lot of emphasis this week because there is a trophy on the line here. He's made a big emphasis on going and getting it. Okay? Like, I, I kind of feel like he's playing for keeps. Like, he wants yeah. he wants all of it. Okay. So, that game's at 11. I think we're both leaning the LSU here. Um, we'll talk about that game more with uh, our next guest at 10 o'clock, Porter Hayes. All right, so we have South Carolina and Florida, Vandy, Kentucky, Mizzou, Tennessee, A&M, and Auburn. Look, I mean, dumpster fire you. I mean, either, either Joe, we can talk about those games, but there are some, big other, some other big games around college football that I want to touch on. What is another big game? Like, so, for example – I think the reason TCU Texas this week is so massive is mm -hmm. because how the implications it means for LSU and Tennessee and others. So I kind of do want to touch on that a little bit. I'm taking Texas, brother. I told you that on Tuesday. I'm taking Texas. I don't know where you said you you said you love C TCU, but I, I, I'm I'm big on this Texas train because you know why? We're back. <laughs> They're not you back. love that drop, man. You I love it. Love but let me just say this. You can't have three losses and be back unless you've 
you're building into something. But nevertheless, right. where where do you see that game going? By the way, just super quickly before we fully transition away from uh, the SEC into uh, the SEC light, which is Texas eventually is it's basically an SEC team at this point. Um, Cock Vember is starting for for the Gamecocks, so this game is really oh, important for them God. as they're tr- they're. They, they're going to be bull eligible to get like a really good bowl game, man. If, if they win this football game, they've got a pretty light schedule remaining. Hey, man, you beat you beat Clemson. You, you could get a really good bowl game. Separate note. Let's go back to the Texas game. I was debating because, again, Texas is basically an SEC school at this point. I was debating having Josh come on again to give us a little bit of noise at the end of the show. Had I known our uh, guest was going to very unprofessionally cancel on us last second, I probably would have brought him on to have him uh, – you know, have, as a second guest, because this clip is that. basically what I said. We're going to clip that. Continue. Yes. Um, I would have loved to have Josh's perspective on this game because I'm willing to bet it would have been a little bit unrealistic to your point on where I sit on this. As much as I feel um, as much as I feel that Texas is in a position and more equipped to win this game. I am unwilling to commit to them because of how inconsistent they have been this season. Like I thought that they were going to roll past Oklahoma state. I thought they were going to blow past Oklahoma state and they flopped in the second half. They weren't willing to commit to Bijan. It's all down to me in this game is if they run the ball aggressively and consistently, that's the very important part in this game. Sarkeesian needs to not overthink this. Quinn, you're, look, you, Joe, at this point, I think that you know this. I'm massive on quarterback play. I think Quinn Ewers is better than Duggan, okay? And if Duggan doesn't have uh, Johnson, what's Johnson's first name? Quentin Johnson. Um, if he, yes, like Quentin I saw Johnson. this morning at 6 a.m. that it was reported that he's going to be step by. They literally said hour by hour decision. Um which means to me that he's still not he's still banged up. So regardless, I think Texas pulls the upset here. I, I really do. Um TCU at some point, at some point you're gonna get bit when you go down as much as they do and you try to rally back to win football games. At some point that rattlesnake's gonna strike and you're not gonna have an answer for it. So is today that day? Because look, I like Sonny Dykes a lot, mm-hmm. but TCU is not built to withstand the ass beating that they're about to take up front. The thing about this that I think is so big: Bijan Robinson and Quinn Ewers just have to go absolutely off to make sure that you solidify this win. I think it's more important for Bijan because like, I agree with that. I agree Quinn- with that. Quinn's not at that point yet where he can take over a game. I also just, agree with he's that. He's just not. He his success has been very predicated on does Bijan in the run game get rolling? I'm blanking on the name of the other uh, running back that they have that's really good as well. They they need to run the football. What their success over the last couple of weeks and what they've been riding on is that run game success. And what caused that really funky stretch of games where they looked like crap? Quinn comes back again. That Oklahoma State game is because Sarkeesian was overthinking it. He was not prepared, and they were trying to throw the ball way too damn much. That run game is going to be so, so important, and I agree. It's going to be a battle up front, and they got the dudes to fight at the line of scrimmage. They do. I'm taking Texas. Uh, Pooh Bear did bring this up uh, in there. Here's what's very interesting. I I don't think anybody saw this coming uh, this week. It says, side note, that the loser of Auburn-Texas A&M today 
will fail to be bowl eligible. <sighs> Joe, I know that we talked about this last week with one of our one of our guests. If AM doesn't get bowl eligible, I think that there are people behind closed doors that are finding ways to get Jimbo out of there. Like recruiting class or not. Brother, if they lose to Auburn today, like if they lose to Auburn today, brother. But uh, well, first of all, I want to know what the what the situation is with the transfer portal flu going on right now for this uh for this Texas AM team. Do, are they fully available? Are they fully equipped? This is such an ugly game. Like they, I to the point where like I have had no attention to like this game at all. But this is this has got to be the ugliest game of the weekend. Like you uh, got a, a team I, that's I, fighting I, for Vandy, nothing. Kentucky, Vandy, Kentucky. Vandy, Kentucky is the probably the grossest SEC game we got of the week. Yeah, but like we're I don't just I mean that's a horrible matchup. They, these God these the scheduling was terrible this this week. What, who was in charge of this? <laughs> um, <laughs> do um, do to Pooh Bear play the this isn't what this is uh, the 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 takes of the host or whatever do not reflect. His name's Greg Sankey, Mister Sankey. We love you here on Believe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe, calm down. C calm your tits, bro. Like Mr. Sankey, sir. We, we, we. You are our buddy. You know, like right, be careful it's here. The, it's the end of the season, and we're 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 talking about Texas A&M, Auburn, and Kentucky Vandy as the back end of the slate. There should be three good games in the Arkansas LSU game. It, like, as much as we're giving attention to it, and as important of a game this is for LSU. It's not a good game. I mean, like, you guys should probably very easily win that football game. I know that I'm probably sitting here jinxing the hell out of LSU. You are. You are. I don't know. My point is that, like, come on. It's the end of the season. We couldn't have, we couldn't have put together some better some better matchups. Besides the point, I want to transition back to what you were talking about, Jimbo. I think you do have to fire him if you lose to Auburn. A team that has been in shambles, that has been dramatically the ugliest Worst program in the SEC this year filled with drama. As much nonsense nonsense as you could deal with at Auburn. You lose to that team that has shown no life, no energy. I don't know how you're going to show up and win those important games when your roster fills out. It's a very immature roster. Sometimes getting the best players doesn't always mean the best results. Auburn's playing for Cadillac, dude. They were they played tough last week. Now I do have some sourcing here. Just you know, I think T.J. Finley's not going to be at Auburn next season. So I wonder how much T.J. Finley's involved today, if at all. Meaning to say that if Robbie Ashford goes down, they might be in trouble. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. So, but Cadillac's got that team got that team rolling, dude. So you did talk about cock no or cock. How do you say this? Uh, pause. Pause. What is it? What is it again? Cockvember. It's the start okay, of Cockvember. Let, 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 let me go on a little bit of a rant here. Joe, please just give me the, the floor on this. Is it cock related? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you got to put me in timeout, you can't. Jesus <laughs> Christ, Pause. Joe. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. It sounds exactly oh. like Pooh Bear. I, I oh. mean... Let me just say it is cock, ahead, it is cock related. Don't hit the pauses on here, Pooh. Let me just say this. Yes. Whoever's running the social media stuff for South Carolina should be fired. 
Okay, brother, you can't go around and keep talking about cocks all day long. Okay, like you're making this a th- like Cocktober, Cockvember, brother, like Cock Commander. Like, Joe, I, I get that you're the game cocks. Yes. But brother, like I, I, I think that we're to a point where they're lighting you up in the chat, dude. They are lighting your ass. Pause, but they're lighting your ass up in this in this chat. Pause. My <laughs> thing, my thing is, Joe. I don't want to he- keep hearing about cock this, cock that. You know, like you ever seen the the gif with the girl? You know, nah. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I just feel like I'm being surrounded by so much cock talk. The only thing I will say, when you're a mediocre program, the only thing I will say about him, when, when, when you're a mediocre program, Blake, you need something. Oh, you need oh some, God. They're being talked about. We're spending time talking about South Carolina, even though they, they stink. They're not that good. It's like TCU's social media team that has been posting nothing but frog boobs. Oh. Like, I don't know. You gotta lean. I don't think they're leaning into it enough. I would have the word cock on everything. Every All right, so listen, it, there's got to be a podcast. We got to change the Believe in South Carolina podcast name to Cock Talk. Can we please, please? Hey, call up Mike Yuva, man. We're going to call up Mike Yuva. All Uva. right, I'm calling up Yuva. Call it Cock Talk, okay? I've never – it might be on – look, the full episode could be on Pornhub. Okay. <laughs> see, I'm looking at South Carolina's Insta or not Instagram, their Twitter feed. Oh, God. I don't see enough, man. I don't see enough that you're not leaning into that. That there, there is so much promise. They also didn't, they also didn't lean into the whole uh, cock commander thing. Like that should have been. I would have leaned in all, all hell with that stuff. That I am, I am disappointed with their social media presence rather than than you, for different reasons. I, I don't know. I just can't. I, I honestly, brother, I just can't get over like, I, I just can't get it. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. But let's talk about this game. And then we're going to get to our good buddy, Porter Hayes, who's who's a Clemson fan. Now covers the art covers the Razorbacks. But really? Yeah. Uh-oh. So you and him, you and you know, your team took down his team last week. He might come in here with those big ass biceps and start throwing. Paul. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this game, though, very quickly. South Carolina versus Florida. I'm going to be a little honest here. Give me the Gators now. Really? Now. I got to say this. Billy Napier got a quarterback yesterday in Jaden Rashada. Okay? Big flip for Miami. Mario Cristobal is in trouble. Miami's in trouble. I'm telling you now, they're in deep shit. I, I promise you as God is my witness. There is not a more delusional fan base in the country than the University of Miami Hurricanes. Not one. Not one. I, I, I am out on Miami. I'm out on Cristobal. They got it. They're far way away. And everybody, somebody said to me yesterday, well, Blake, Florida's only got one more win than Miami does. But Miami got beat by A&M, though, brother. Yeah. It, well, it's, a diff- it's a different beast. It's a different beast. And to your point, Florida has at least shown up against Tennessee and Georgia. They beat Utah, dude. They they have a top top 15 win. They're losing in a fashion where there are so many positive signs. 
for next season and steps forward. And then the the big thing as well is that you're talking about the recruiting waves. They're flipping every other recruit right now. Every big recruit. I keep seeing this kid decommitted and flipped to Florida. This kid decommitted all, and flipped to Florida. All from South Florida, too. Right. The majority so of them. There is momentum trending in the direction Agreed. of the University of Florida. And the thing that stinks about the Miami fan base, those fans are so ambivalent, man. They don't they, they don't care when they're bad. They don't pay attention. Half of them don't even go to the goddamn game. It's just a bunch of spoiled rich kids like I, I i'm not a fan of miami i can't stand miami um and to see their lack of success is Come here. it's nice to see i'm glad that they stink right now but they're in some serious serious crap but uh to your point on florida i don't think that they're be I, I don't know if they're beating south carolina though so, south carolina's been trending upward with the with their current record i i don't even know that they were six and three of them being completely honest i haven't been paying attention to south carolina as, as much as i should have been yeah look they they could be the third team in the in the in the east which would be a great thing for them very quickly this little dude this little dude mm -hmm. just found out what this does uh-oh we're in big trouble now if you're listening <laughs> to us on the radio this is a ps5 controller we're not playing video games buddy okay but you know what we're all going to do? LSU! LSU! I don't want LSU! I don't want LSU! All right, we'll is he picking this. the Razorbacks? Is that what I hear? <laughs> no, he wants, to play, he wants to play bad guys. He played like oh. a superhero game, and now it's oh. over with. All right, Daddy, we'll put it on as soon as he's done, okay? Okay. Go close the door. No, Daddy, I'm going to hold on to this. Go. All right, here. See? You gotta be careful, brother. You gotta be yeah. careful. All right, we gotta pour. <laughs> yeah, he get exactly. Now, now imagine what's gonna happen when his little sister gets involved here. All right, uh, Pooh Bear says, "Ladies and gentlemen, Ben or or Zach, whoever." Yeah, it's true. Um, so look, I, I think Billy Napier is gonna be okay. He's gonna have to start winning more in the SEC. Okay, that's that. That's my only thing here. Right, do we have to talk Missouri, Tennessee? We've gone an hour in here and hadn't talked Tennessee. We got one minute. I, I mean, uh, I mean, is it worth our time? Tennessee's gonna, Tennessee's gonna roll them. Like if we talked about after the Alabama game, maybe them having a little bit of a hangover, and they played UT Martin. Missouri's bad. Missouri's really bad this season, and they're having a lot of troubles. Like this is a total like hang fifty-five on them type game. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I well, here's the here's the only thing about Tennessee, brother. I want to see how they respond. You know, you had a bad game last week. I would just want to see how you respond because look, if they respond bad, look, everything's still ahead of them. Like I don't know why they're so down. Like that whole fan base is down. Like, and I'm thinking to myself, like, brother, y'all had no business being here in the first place. So look, that's on me. Okay, let's do this. Let's get to our good buddy Porter Hayes. It's cold down there in Arkansas. We should have a banjo playing during this next commercial we'll be done. All right. So my good friend Carol Falls over at State Farm Guys 45 seconds. Porter Hayes, Hog Talk Podcast, joins us next. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985 
395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. All right, we are joined by one half of the Hog Talk podcast, a Clemson man. A Clemson yeah, I man. I heard. I was backstage. I heard. <laughs> hey, Porter, would you fight Joe right now after what Notre Dame, the Notre Dame Clemson game? I mean, well, listen, you know, you he's, got two he's Italians talking about here, Miami, Joe. And, and he's talking about Miami, but when, man, I was three the last time Notre Dame won a national championship. Yeah. Oh, my God. You, you got, you know, Lou Holtz is the last one that made it, you know, the national championship, you know? <laughs> Porter, to be fair, though, <laughs> we, we can't compare the, the Miami and Notre Dame fan base. No, no, no. We, we actually suffer through the bad, the bad shit. We actually will suffer through it. The, those Miami fans are so fake. They're sitting at the pool and they're not winning games. Well, to be fair, you know, um, Notre Dame's like a, you know, Manti Teo. You know, they just catfish everybody. They they make it seem <laughs> like they're a national championship team. And then they just, no, no, for real, though. I mean, y'all got us. I mean, the last time Clemson beat Notre Dame, it was in the in the hurricane and then in the ACC um, uh, championship game. Mm-hmm. But my point about, you know, I heard y'all talking about South Carolina. Now, South Carolina and Arkansas is in a similar situation when it comes to the season right now, because are you really going to hang your hat in South Carolina on 11 point win over Vanderbilt? No, they are riding that high over Texas A&M and, and then Kentucky. And then they have the fall off against Missouri, Arkansas coming off their two game win against Auburn and BYU had a fallout against Liberty. So we're in the same position when it comes to where this team is at and where they're going to be playing like, and, and you look at Arkansas's case, not only are you playing at 11 o'clock in the morning, you're coming off an, a loss to Liberty. It snowed last night. I mean, the field is covered in snow. So, I mean, it's even hard enough to get up for an 11 o'clock game. And when you're not that motivated, I know we're playing for the boot. But and just to be fair and honest, and me and Blake talked about this Wednesday, you know, the Arkansas side has not shown me anything when it comes to the coaching staff, the players, anything that they're just they're ready to run through a brick wall for this game. Porter, I told you this on Wednesday. I'll say it again. I know the field's getting clean and it's done now. Like it's, it's, and they put some things kind of warm it up. And I get that. This game, I, look, I'm going to get ripped alive by this by LSU fans, and I'm okay with that. Um, this game's always close. I don't give two Rudy Poos that Arkansas, you know, can't bust a grape up front. It's going to be, I, th- I think it's going to be a closer game than some people expected mm-hmm. to because weather is, uh, only because of weather for me and can, does LSU have a letdown. But you're saying that I don't think a lot of LSU fans are talking about. Arkansas might be let down too, brother. Like they might, they might be in that same boat. Am, am I hearing what you're saying correctly? Well, we, we, we don't know. And, and I'm telling you, after the fiasco before the Liberty game, we don't know for sure and won't know until. What was it? Can AJ. you break down that to rudely interrupt you? What can you break down the fiasco? So what do, what do you mean before the, before the Liberty so, game? Basically before the Liberty game, <clears throat> you know, nobody knew until after the game, really the KJ the, was hurt. Well, they didn't know that uh, Malik Hornsby was taking all the first-team snaps. Hazelwood, after the game, said, hey, Malik was taking first-team snaps all throughout the week. Well, then they roll out KJ, 
and he was warming up. Well, everybody started saying, well, they were reporting, I want to say at noon, people started reporting, non-media people, but people started reporting, KJ's out. He's out. He's not playing. And we know between us, we know that's one-on-one. No, no. You do not release anything injury-wise if it did not come from the university or, or school or a media member mm-hmm. who got the green light. Well, so then it started really <clears throat> rolling downhill. Then all of a sudden, they're like, well, he's out there throwing, but he's not taped to play. Well, then he got taped. Then he started playing, and we didn't know until the first drive they got the ball first that he was playing. But we, we media, people, podcast, content guys – assumed that he would play we didn't know anything that was going on behind closed doors because you don't get that access but malik was taking all the first so that causes a big stink of why would you have a guy take first team snaps all week what's that saying to your second string guy that um a 50 percent kj is better than 100 percent you kind of deal so i mean here we are again we don't know who's going to start in what 30 minutes 45 minutes yeah, about fi- about fifty five minutes. About fifty five minutes. minutes. So, and I haven't heard anything, but and that's the deal. Like after last week, they're going to keep that tight knit until kickoff. So, if you were the one to make that decision, who would you put out there? Like who who would you start if you had to pick? You talking about today's game or last week's game? Uh, the, the, today's game, like because the the speculation is that KJ is also hurt, and like you're talking about, we don't even know for sure who's who's starting. Like who would you who would you pick? I, if I was in practice and I knew, you know, hey, look, he's hurt or, I mean, it's a tough situation because I know nothing about the how serious he is hurt. Right. But it, it's almost like who gives you the best chance to win in this type of an environment? I mean, and, and, and it's, not when it's, KJ, cold, it's not KJ Porter. I mean, yeah, he, he did it last week against Liberty and Liberty's a good and, team. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. They were shooting the gaps, and that was the thing that me and you had talked about. When it comes to rush, I mean, they had 14 tackles for losses. 14. I mean, they got sacked four times and then 10 tackles against Liberty. So what do you think, when it comes to a game where you need the running game, that would be the only thing where I would say put KJ because he is a guy that would be – it's harder to take down than Malik Hornsby. That, that's my only – that's the only positive of why I would put him in there. Because if you're going in there and you know you're not just going to go out there in 20-degree, 30-degree weather and you're going to sling it all over like you're a, a Big 12 school, you need to run the ball. And you need somebody, one, it's cold. You need somebody who's familiar with the reads and the handoffs. And, I mean, all those simple things that we don't look at when it comes to mm. having those reps – well, I mean, here's the deal. Against LSU, you put Malik out there and he misses two reads, it could be 14 nothing before we even blink an eye. I mean, it happened to Georgia last year. I mean, it was 21 nothing before I even sat down on the couch. Yeah, look, again, I, I, I really, guys, so for me, I have no idea how to feel about this game. Like, I, I really, really, really don't. Here's the only thing that I subscribe to, though, if you're Brian Kelly in LSU – Look, there's a really good chance if you win here today, you're going to Atlanta. Okay, like everything's on the line here for the Tigers, which, and Joe, I got to be honest, uh, and and Porter, there's a little bit of payback that these players want on the LSU side after what happened last year. It's going to be interesting to me. Like they were out, like I just saw the LSU video get released. They're on the middle of the field, Dan, not middle of the field, but 
They're on the field dancing, like getting ready to go, which makes me feel a lot better about this game to start off with. So we'll see. Porter, you've been so good to us here. Let me ask you this. Where do you see this game going from a score prediction? Do you think that Arkansas can pull the upset or no? Uh, <clears throat> you know, I come on here a couple weeks ago drinking the Kool-Aid. And, and, and um, you know, I, I'm going to – I own when I make ridiculous predictions. Uh, come on here and saying that Arkansas had a chance to beat Alabama. I know. So I fired up, wiped the snow off my Blackstone. I fired up <laughs> Crow, and uh, I'm here this morning to uh, tell you. Um, now, I, I'm not saying this. I mean, this could be a blowout. It could be. But when the weather is the way it is, I don't – I mean, I just don't see this being a high-scoring game. Now, I could totally be surprised. It, the sun could come out and it could warm up. But it's the thing that – who wants this more? This, this is a game where, and, and I when I get done my summit, I want to ask you a question, Blake, but it's like, it, it's going to be who wants it more. Does does Arkansas want to pick up the pieces, finish out the year on a run, make a, make a good bowl game, or does LSU want to prove in year one, hey, we're here to stay. We, we didn't just beat Alabama, and that's what we're going to hang our hat on, like other teams in the SEC have done. They beat Alabama, and then they just fall off, like that was their Super Bowl. That's happened to many teams before. And that's where it's going to get interesting. And so what you told me Wednesday night about how Coach Kelly sees these trophy games, hearing that the players are dancing around and they're actually up for this game, scares me. One of two ways is because I told you how Arkansas fans sees this rivalry as it means a lot more to them than it does LSU. Now mm. you got the other side coming in. Oh shit! It it means more to them too. Oh, you know, I mean, it's just you got to look at the variables of Arkansas beat one of the worst teams LSU's had in recent history by three. Barely. So it's almost like I told you in that 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 uh, TikTok I seen where Brian Kelly's best team in Alabama or Notre Dame got boat raced by Alabama. Well, his worst team at LSU just beat Alabama in year one. So I mean, that that's all those things scare me. Well, and another thing, too, like, so I've been kind of monitoring this game, too, in reference to what's going on in the field. LSU kicker Damian Ramos just made a 50-yard field goal. Like, I think with the – and you see steam coming off the field. Guys, I, I, I kind of think uh, – out if you can just play in the cold, I think the field's going to be okay, if that makes sense. So, we'll see. Joe, well, what do you got here? too. Go ahead, you know, Porter. What's that? Adrenaline. I said you got adrenaline going. And, yeah. and, you know, when you're playing – but I wanted to ask you – you know, you have a lot of hesitancy. Is it a part of, one, you being an LSU guy, but also you know what's at stake, and a part of you is not wanting to jump on that ship because you're like, man, we got so much to play for, and I don't want to be let down. No, you got two, you have freshmen. You know, you have five total freshmen. You have seven total or six total sophomores starting the game. That's 11 dudes. You know, like, how do you respond? Like, so, for example, it was a physical game last week. You know, like – there and Porter, I don't mean this in the wrong way, and I don't mean stereotypes in reference to culture, race, or anything like that. Sports have stereotypes too. Mm -hmm. LSU couldn't beat Alabama. Okay, Brian Kelly couldn't over you know overcome wins or, or couldn't beat elite teams. There are sometimes you got to overcome those things. This game not being close is one of those stereo. It's like one of the stereotypes. Like, hey man, you know it doesn't matter what happens. This game's going to be close. Those are one of those stereotypes you LSU would have to overcome to, to win today, okay? Yeah. 
my thing is, what, Porter, here's my ultimate thing. I, I woke up feeling like, like this, like my name was Beyonce. I woke up like this. Okay. <laughs> All right. Whatever team runs the ball the best is going to win. I think LSU is going to have to force the ball on the ground a little bit more, which will make them get in the third and mediums a little bit more, which will make it a little bit interesting. That that That's where I sit. That's where I sit. I, got, I have a really stupid question. Uh, because I'm not familiar with the climate of Arkansas. Go ahead. Blake, Blake explained earlier that snow in Louisiana is not common. Is is snow in Arkansas common? Obviously, this time of year is weird to get snow in general. But like, no, not on the opening day of duck. Not on the day of duck season, it ain't snow. Right. I mean, and then we're we're at Northwest Arkansas. So just just to paint a picture. <clears throat> Two days ago, it was 78, and I was walking around in shorts, and now it's snowing. Well, back in Welcome the spring. To the south with an F. Back in the spring, I was working, and it was 70-something degrees. There was a tornado, and then the next day, it snowed. I mean, it's the, the Canadian geese are flying in circles. They don't know which way to go. I mean, it's seriously, this time of year, I pack swim trunks, a parka, and a rain gear because I don't know what's going to happen on any given day. Right. The reason why I'm asking that is like, is, is Arkansas, like, it sounds like they're not net, they're equally as unprepared possibly for something like this, but they're also used to the craziness of the weather. Like, is that, and we've been talking about the, the weather a ton, because I think it factors into it a lot. Blake's been saying about how the, this game is going to be one on the ground because of the weather. Do you think that Arkansas, like it's nothing for them or, or are they equally oh, as maybe potentially I, I work outside every day for my job. And when it's cold, it's cold. I mean, cold, cold, cold is undefeated, brother. Yeah, that's right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it don't matter. I work every day outside. I, mm -hmm. I'm a satellite technician, and I'm outside on roofs, underneath houses. And I'm telling you, once it gets below a certain degree, it's cold. And you never get used to it. You just try to bundle up. Same thing with being hot. When it gets past, and y'all know humidity like we know humidity. It could be 80 degrees outside, and it feels like oh, 120. Well, Joe, you know. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, yeah that's right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Port, well, I'll say this to close it out here, yeah. reporter. The devil went down to Georgia as many times as it snowed in Louisiana in the last 10 years. Okay. <laughs> so, all right, Porter, let everybody know where they can catch all your stuff, buddy. Uh, at the Hog Talk all across the board on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We do live shows on three times a week. You can find it on YouTube. Of course, we're part of the Believe Network, so – Proud to be a part of this show, this network, and always, always glad to be able to come on and kick it with you guys. Thank you so much, buddy. We'll talk soon. No problem, man. Thanks, All right, Porter. that's Porter Hayes from the Hog Talk Podcast. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him out here. Eric Weinberger, our big producer, I believe, wants us to play me losing my absolute shiz night on uh, when LSU won. Yeah, or LSU well, beat. Um, Alabama last week. So here we go. Pooh Bear, play it. Okay. <laughs> Is it playing? No, not yet. Guys, not playing. I, LSU just took the Bama. Down goes Bama. Jane Daniels, big nuts, Jane Daniels. Big nuts, Brian Kelly. <laughs> Matt House, lifetime fucking contract. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, 
fucking believable. When January you had five players and now you're going to Atlanta. Unbelievable. Officiating, horrible. Refs against you. Everybody's against you. National media's against you. Nobody believes you can do it. And all you did all night long, offensively and defensively, was you answered the ball every fucking snap. That's got to be go. your best. Yeah, that, that, I, I that's don't. That's got to be your best rant ever. I. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, maybe, maybe, but it's up there, but no. The. I'm not going to tell you what the best rant ever is. I mean, you got to say, you got to send it to me if you, if you, if you, if you, uh, tell me I, I, I physically body slammed an LSU media member when he came on my show and made him look like an absolute fool. Um, they accused a lot of people around LSU for doing things with unfounded uh-huh. reports, sexual things, and it was became unfounded. Our media cord, brother, I just. Yeah, there's a lot of drama. It seems a lot like of that. lot of drama. Okay, let's write. Let's wrap this this thing up. We yeah. do have a game in 45 minutes. Joe, it's gonna be an interesting day. So you do you believe that LSU and Georgia clinch the SEC East and SEC West this week? Absolutely, and they they're benefiting from some really favorable scheduling. But I don't see a reason. I know we we talked a lot about the weather and all that. I the fact that they're dancing, man, in the cold, like that's that's how you know you're gonna get your ass beat. Like, that's how you know that a team's showing up and they're going to smack the hell out of you. Man, they, they don't even know who's playing quarterback for this team right now for, for Arkansas. So, LSU's going to roll. Georgia, you know, easy walkover game for them for the most part unless Mike Leach cooks something up. But, yeah, absolutely. I think that they're going to they're gonna clinch. We're not going to have as much to talk about after, after they clinch. But still, they are set up for success, and we're going to see them competing in that SEC championship game. Ole Miss, Alabama, where are you leaning? I'm currently leaning Bama. I, I picked them on my show. I think Alabama wins by by like 10 or so points, not not to fully cover. <clears throat> All right, last one. Texas TCU, who you got? I got Texas. I'm taking TCU. I And I, I know it was all I was talking about. As much as I want to pick, I want to sit here and pick Texas. And I rationalize it at all hell. If you lean on Bijan and you do this and this, they are so inconsistent, and this feels like such a letdown game for them. Where th- that fan base, like they're they're all talking all this crap, and TCU's to an extent is kind of just happy to be there. I, I think I think TCU's going to stun them, and it's going to be like a really close last second touchdown or something along those lines. I don't buy them. I think they're the worst team in the top in the top seven. Well, I now don't. that Clemson's gone, yeah, I yeah, I mean they are. They definitely are. They but- don't deserve to be at four, brother. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm if, sorry. If they beat Texas, do you give them more credit, or because it's a four-loss Texas team, you? Can't no, it would be a four-loss Texas team. You know, like no, you know, like, I, well, like we put we're putting so much emphasis on Texas because they won by, you know, they lost by one against Bama early in the season. Like, so what? You still lost, okay? Like right. you couldn't overcome it. Now, I mean, I get, I get it, but you still have four losses on the season. No. Brother, they're not they're the Big 12 might be the wor- the fourth of the Power 5 teams. They're four. Right? Like they're not yeah. you know, I mean, brother, let me ask you this very serious question. Let's take LSU out of it. Mm-hmm. Name a team in the top 10 that TCU would beat 
not like take Clemson out too because I'm not I'm not staying with Clemson. Like put Alabama in there for all I care. Name a team in the top ten and take an LSU out. Who they would be? I don't know if I can name it. Uh, but, but and even if you put LSU in there, are you going to bet that TCU would beat LSU? No, I don't think I don't think they will. But the the difference of the matter is is that they're not playing any of those top ten teams right now. They're, they have to play Texas, and like I don't think Texas is good enough to beat any of those those top programs. I I agree with your point that the Big 12 is a little bit overhyped right now, and they've been kind of riding off of this this weird hype train for most of the season, and that has placed TCU as high as they are. But to your point, no, I don't think that they're beating anyone in that top 10. They just need to beat Texas. like that. It, lucky for them, if they lose this game, they still can play in that Big 12 championship game. Pooh Bear, is, it, how, 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 is this true? Did this really happen? Sources, Arkansas decided Ooh. to spray water on the field in an attempt to melt the ice, and it was what not a sources? smart move. sources? That's bad. <laughs> yeah, who did? Let's see. Hold on. That's really bad. That's really stupid if that's what they're doing. Unless unless it's supposed to warm up, that's going to be hard as a rock, that field. Well, I'm watching a video right now from Jacques Doucet from WAFB, and they're jumping on the field, and ice is breaking off. Um, this is from Brody Miller of The Athletic. He says, Arkansas Q- QB KJ Jefferson is dressed, but has not thrown a pass all morning. He's standing at the 25-yard line with other coaches. Other QBs are out throwing. He's, He's not, not playing. playing. He's no. not playing. I, I doubt it. All right, let's go ahead. we got Believe in Okie State here. Get it together, Arkansas. Yeah. Okay. Who's, who's, uh, who's our guys over there at Okie State? Uh, I'm having a total mental lapse. <laughs> I, I you totally put me on there. I'm out there. Jenna's their producer, and I, I'm I'm I I apologize for not. Speaking of Jenna, I guess Jenna I guess Jenna's too big for us now, right? She just doesn't show up. Oh, she was busy this weekend. She had something going on. We we don't we tell can't. her. Don't tell her because look, I'm just joking. Like I'm just joking. I'm kind of scared of her a little bit. She if I'm stood being us up. Oh, I I'm I. You should be scared of her. She'd take your ass down. I know that was a that was a that. You know what I mean. She'd beat you in a fight. She would beat me up in a fight. Okay. Yes. All right. All right, guys. It's great episode. Great episode. We'll see you guys yep. soon. Let's go have a good day. I, oh, and Joe, let me tell you something. The only thing that could let me end it here. The only thing that could keep my eyes not mainly mo- focused on football today is your honest son and Alex Payeda. Fight tonight, UFC 284. Mm. I'm a big fight fan. Let's go, Adesanya. Is that who you put your money on? Huh? Is that who you're putting your money on? Hell no. I don't put money on fights. I get too nervous. I mean, anything can happen. Anything can happen. All right, we're out of here. We'll see y'all soon. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.